Welcome, Kyleen. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me today. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you because there's so much good stuff that you're going to um, tell us about regarding intuition and connecting to it and all that jazz. So let's start out by just telling the listener who you are, what you do. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Kyleen Cox. I go by Kai. I am a holistic medium and spiritual connector. So I talk to the divine. I talk through my intuition and help people connect with theirs. And um, I tell people that I am a spiritual connector because it is truly my passion to connect or link people to who they're supposed to be either working with or working together. So that's what I like to do. Do you mean in the physical realm or the spiritual realm? Both. (laughs) That's a great question, though. Um, So a lot of times it's the physical realm, right? Like who who will be the best healer for you or um, who can help with this project or a new job, that kind of stuff. But then also connecting people with their guides and, you know, going outside of just this physical body. What does holistic medium mean to you? So it's funny because for a little while I was going by um, intuitive medium and then I was like, but everyone's intuitive. So that's kind of just redundant, right? That's just saying medium. Um, So then I was kind of looking at, you know, my background. I start off as a massage therapist and I'm really into how the body holds on to memories and all those things. And then I wanted to find a word um, while trying to release all labels. So that was fun. Um, that brought in the body, mind, and soul so that we could focus on how we're a spirit and holistic just kind of stuck, you know? And I always say like, this is what I am for now because I know I'm ever changing. It's just like a river, you know, never really the same one day to the next. And that's how I like to be. Let's dive into how we are a spirit. That is something that's really difficult for the physical mind to make peace with. But let's talk a little bit about that because it falls into the realm of how we connect with intuition. So speak to me about us being a spiritual being, what that means to you. How do we put that you know, into the realm of the physical mind and understand it? So I think more and more people are starting to realize that, you know, they've always been a spiritual being and I'm hoping for future generations that that disconnect doesn't even happen. They don't even have to go through that process. I know I saw and talked to spirits when I was little and I just kind of thought everyone did it and no one talked about it. So I, I learned that habit, like, oh, we don't talk about this, right? And I'm hoping future generations are just like, yes, we are spirit, we are physical. You know, there is no question, there is no, but who knows? Um, so in the sense of, I think it's, there's a lot to learn when we're little, right? With how to walk, how to talk, all of that stuff. So maybe that's why we're like, oh, you know, let's focus on the physical a lot. And then we do that for, I don't know, 30 to 40 years. <laughs> Most people wake up to this, oh, wait, there's more out there. Um, but I, I truly believe, you know, that we don't just come to this body once and uh, that's it, you know, this one lifetime. I believe that we, our, our soul becomes back into our spirit because I know a lot of people use those words interchangeably and I actually see them as 
two totally different things. I think the soul is while we're here um, in this physical body and the spirit is what we connect to for now. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just, does that kind of answer the question? I feel like I just talked in a circle, but that's okay. No, it's great. (laughs) So let's talk about intuition. Where does intuition come into play if it is true, and it is, that we're mm-hmm. spirit beings having a soulful experience through the physical lens, where does intuition play in that whole narrative? So when I say, when I think of where intuition like lies, I think of a line in the gut, like it's our gut reaction, right? Um, I'm excited to say that science is finally catching up um, to the idea that, you know, our brain that's in our head might not be our only brain, right? That our gut is actually telling and sending more signals to our brain. It sends the signal first. So I think that clearly shows that, you know, there's more there than what this like ego might be thinking about. So I believe it lies in your stomach. Um, That's where, like when I face people that are struggling with it, I actually have them touch because we, as humans, you know, we have the sense of touch. Um, and I think that's beneficial to actually touch on your stomach and be like, what is my gut telling me? So, you know, it's not just this thing that's like outside of our body. It's actually in us and something we can physically touch and be a part of. Did you ever have struggles with connecting with intuition growing up or were you always connected? Oh, absolutely. Well, so I don't, I would be amazed to meet anyone that hasn't struggled at least a little bit, right? (laughs) Um, And who knows, maybe someday. But uh, so with that, you know, talking to spirits and all that with the thought that we don't talk about this, that got me really disconnected. It kind of, without me knowing it at the time, of course, this is a reflection looking back, you know, I got into uh, who am I if this isn't who I am? Like, if this is crazy, how do I be normal? I spent so much of school years trying to be normal and completely disconnected. In high school, I was actually severely depressed. Um, and I think that's why. I think because I didn't have that sense of who I actually am, I wasn't connected to my intuition um, that kind of... Um, you know, caused that depression in me and that went into college. Um, But I know throughout that time, although I wasn't intentionally connecting, I was getting messages and trying to follow them, but also trying to be normal. Like I remember telling my friends, I want to be a massage therapist. Like I don't want to go to college. And then being like, everyone goes to college. What are you talking about? Because that's where I grew up and that's how it was. And I was like, okay, I'll go to college. Went for a year, didn't work out, severely depressed. (laughs) Went for another year or a half a year at a different school and was like, I want to be a massage therapist. What am I doing? Right? Like, I knew that was part of my path to help me get to where I am today. And it was actually, I want to say about four years ago that I, I say I came out of the spiritual closet because it was a side of me that I was hiding from so many people. Um, and I was sick of it. I wanted people to see me for who I am. And I remember 
you know, it was mostly with my clients first because they would be like, you know, how do you know to work on there? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. My hands just know. And I'm like, no, it's my intuition that's telling me. So I finally started saying it, right? And it was cool because I was so afraid people would be like, oh, this girl's crazy or I'm not going to keep going to her. But instead it would be like, you know, that's really cool. Or I had this experience once, right? It always started some kind of conversation. And I was like, okay. I enjoy this feeling. Maybe I can do it with my friends and my family and just be open about it. I am very lucky because I've found a partner in life, my husband, that, you know, he supports me and supports all the crazy, beautiful things I want to explore. So, you know, I have had that support system and a mother who is completely into all these realms And it's funny because I also have a father who won't even say the word intuition. So, you know, I have I have different aspects of my life to kind of show like, oh, there are some people like this and there are some people like that. You know, it's not just here's the straight and narrow. So one of the things you said I want to just sit with for a second, because depression and my experience was the same can come from your willingness to disconnect from your true self. And that really is the pain. The pain is the disconnection and the the idea that you cannot be your true self or your whole self. And it Absolutely. causes very painful, you know, experiences. And I think that's part of it, you know, when people start doing things like cutting themselves, they have this emotional pain and they're trying to make it a physical thing because then it makes more sense to our logical brain. And it's actually like no, it's because, you know, you're not following yourself or I've taught some classes on healthy boundaries. Cause even when you're in the spiritual sense, sometimes you just want messages so badly that you'll take messages from anyone. And that can also cause a sense of what am I doing here? Right. And we get into those circles and, Oh, this isn't working. And that depression feeling. And then also on the flip side of it, it can cause anxiety. So, mm-hmm. Well, let's get into a couple of the different things that people have expressed to me when they fill out a form or they come to a class, they fill out a form that says, you know, what am I challenged with regarding intuition? So I have hundreds of responses. And one of the responses is the inability to connect with my guides or questioning, you know, what is intuition? What is imagination? What is guides? What is your perspective on that? So I think a lot of that comes down to how we're taught. And I know that's something you know, a great deal about, you know, wanting to have this label, right? Like, oh, this is I've had many people that are like, how do I know this is intuition? How do I know this is my guides? How do I know? And I'm like, well, first off, it doesn't really matter the label that you're putting on, right? (laughs) It's a message you're getting. And then you get to decide how you're interpreting that message. How does it make you feel? You can tell I'm a very, you know, touch oriented or emotionally oriented. If it makes you feel spacious, if it makes you feel good, like you want to follow that message. And it's not just the quick, like, um, little burst of dopamine and you're like, oh yeah, I want, I want more. I want more. Right. No, it's this will serve my higher good. I want to follow it. That's how I like to think about 
you know, how do I know which ones? But then, you know, it is fun to kind of connect in with who you're connecting with. Like I, I love meeting with my guides. I love having, I picture them around a fire and we have, you know, a campfire, we have discussions together. So, um, there is lots of options out there. Of course, I'm not saying like you don't have to have a label. I'm just saying, you know, follow what speaks to you. Uh, one of my favorite things you always say is what brings you to your highest sense of joy. I know I just totally misquoted you wrong. <laughs> but when you okay. said that, I was like, that makes perfect sense. That is a beautiful way to say exactly what we're doing. And that because I always just you know, the word vomit, what, what is spirit telling me right now? And I'm like, Oh, this makes sense. Way to put it into English. <laughs> well, it's important to say that too, because I also feel as well that if you are hooked on the idea that it has to be one descriptor or another, is it my guides? Is it my imagination? Is it something else? Who cares? Does it feel good? Right. And that also kind of links into like the senses, because a lot of times people, you know, they'll know clairvoyant or claircognizant, um, but they don't know that there's so many more out there and they'll be like, oh, I really want to just know, or I just want to see. And it's like, oh, I have this pain in my leg. That means nothing. I just want to hear you. And it's like, no, that pain in your leg is telling you a message. <laughs> Honor that. <laughs> Do you remember the shift that took place in you with going from being a little distrustful of the process to maybe 51% trustful that flip what it felt like. And then was there an expansion of your awareness around all the ways in which your intuition was helping you connect? Yes. So my gut points me right back to when I first started learning biotouch which is, you know, a healing technique. Um, and you don't necessarily need that technique, but it was a class that I got to attend to become more self-aware. Uh, before that, it was like, oh, I'll just kind of do this, or this feels right. I'll just kind of be walking blind. And then that was, oh, no, this is an actual conversation, and I get to join in this conversation. So then from that class, I was like, what do I want to do next? I sat down. I currently write with my right hand, I grabbed a pen with my left hand and I wrote, what do I want? Like what will serve me the best right now? And I wrote hone my intuition. And then I just kind of let things flood towards me. I, you know, told the universe, which at the time was my mom, <laughs> you know, mostly communicating with my mom. Mothers seem like the universe. They do. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, I want to hone my intuition. Like, this is what's coming to me. And she kept pointing me in different directions, which was exactly what I needed. And then I would say it was just a few years ago that I was finally like, oh, I have everything within myself. I no longer need to search outwards I need to turn inwards. And then I think that kind of helped me become who I am. Like that's what boosted me into doing classes and getting over my fear of speaking. <laughs> mm -hmm. How do you help your little one, even at her, her young age, connect with her intuition? 
Well, first, I want to give props to my husband because there'll be times where she's looking around and he'll, you know, sometimes he doesn't even know I'm noticing, but he's like, who are you talking to right now? Because he knows that there's so much more. And even if we're not seeing what she's seeing, um, she is having those conversations. A lot of times um, I just try to like connect in if she's crying and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I know I can connect in and find out. I will say, though, that um, pregnancy was one of the most challenging times for me ever with my intuition in my whole life, I almost want to say, because a lot of things were being thrown at me and none of it resonated, but it was coming from a sense of authority, right? Like these doctors are telling me I need this or if I don't do that, I'll be a bad mom. And I was like, no, that's not what my gut says. So I'm going to follow my gut. So it, it was, it was a hard process to get past to be like, no, I am going to stand in what I'm hearing. Um, I'm going to do such things so that, cause I know what it, it will be right for me. So it's been, it's been a fun, fun year and nine months. <laughs> so you're saying when you were listening to the doctors, it was challenging you and and offering a bit of confusion around what is your true north what is your intuition saying is that what you what happened for you absolutely like there was uh instant so every time we did an ultrasound she never wanted to show her face which we didn't know she was a she yet but um that was a nice little surprise when we gave when i gave birth but um you know they would be like well we don't know that she's not sick I was like but I'm telling you she's not sick and like I know she's forming developing exactly how she should be like I I know and they'd be like no and you have to go do this level two ultrasound and and I'm not saying you know if that speaks to you do it but for me it, it wasn't what I wanted it wasn't something I knew I'd have to go to a place that made me feel anxious I knew that I didn't want to do that with her inside of me or, you know, in any sense, I didn't want to go to this hospital. Um, and so I told them that and they would be like, well, you have up to 18 years to sue us. And I was like, well, you don't know me, but I would never sue someone like that's not in my vibrational field. And they didn't care. And it was a little late in the game for me to be like, well, maybe this isn't the right practice for me. And I did, you know, I explored other options. Ultimately, we did end up going, having a hospital birth. It was nice to do once, won't be doing that again. <laughs> but there there were all those questions that arose because it was just a different, like I had a midwife, but it was the other OBs that questioned me. And so... You know, it's just a chance to be like, nope, that's not what's for me. Or even kind of standards for the U.S. Like family bed is frowned upon here. And yet other places in the world, it's it's the only thing they do. And there's no question for it. Like there's just those little things that I was like, I have to get really clear on this to make sure that it works for what our family wants. There are many opportunities I have experienced as well for people to share their fear-based thoughts with you when you are having children, raising children, even myself standing in my kitchen. I remember going, I will not parent from fear anymore. I just Mm. can't do that because it's such an integral part of the experience. Everyone's scared of everything. 
So it's hard to hear your intuition when you're inundated with fear sometimes, for sure. Absolutely. Because it's, I like to think of it like different places where you are in the earth, like, like at a concert, right? When you're in fear, you're down in the mosh pit. There's so much going on. There's so much chaos that you can barely even think yourself, let alone be guided. And then there's, you know, up in the VIP section where you're in a private booth and you're getting hits left and right. And you know what feels right to you for right now. When you were in that stage of, you know, pregnancy before giving birth, had you differentiated at that point for yourself the difference between fear and intuition and how they feel and it just got confusing and you forgot? Or was that sort of something that you discerned afterwards? Intuition always feels good. Fear is just fear. Um, well, I had, I had this question of, am I having trouble hearing my intuition because now I have another soul inside of me? Like that's, that's where I got to where I'd be like, what, like, why is this so difficult right now? And then I'd like break down and cry and I'd move the emotions and I'd be like, okay, it was just me getting in my own way. Or, you know, I'd have my support system be like, you know, sometimes you need to ask for help and that's okay. So I, I want to say that I had that sense of, you know, what is fear and what is intuition but then again, sometimes I still wake up and I'm like, oh, God, which, which is this? <laughs> you know, so I'm still learning. I'm still practicing. And it comes down to how often I make space to practice, I think. I think that's an important for, point for practitioners to um, hit on is the fact that it's not a perfect practice and that even if you are you know, a ways down your journey as a healer, that doesn't mean you're not human. And mm -hmm. healers also can, depending on the topic, depending on their beliefs, can have challenges with discernment, whether it's fear or intuition. It takes a few minutes to kind of, or a few days or weeks to process what actually is going on and to find our way back to that benevolent communication that's always there. Absolutely. And I think it like just with sports, I grew up playing lots of sports, you know, you're not gonna make every single shot every time or get a kill every single time. But you are going to learn and you are going to grow. And it's when you stop saying this is happening to me, and start saying this is happening for me. And then you start saying I'm just gonna be me is when you start to really notice the difference in the vibrations. Tell me about your communications with your either spirit guides. I'm always interested to see how other people manifest this concept for themselves. You said you had a fire and a circle and what happens during that communication? <laughs> so that goes back to the very first meditation I can ever remember doing with my mom. Um, we were in Colorado on this mountain and she's like, see the blue and violet flame. And so that just kind of became the first meditation I guided meditation I ever did. And now I'm like, Oh, the reason this came to me as a guided meditation is because this is what I need, right? The things that I'm offering up to the world are also things that I'm learning from. So um, sometimes I will guide myself on a meditation. Sometimes I'll listen to a recording. And then sometimes I just make a moment of time where I can breathe and be with them and see 
just open that communication. It doesn't have to be like, hey, I'm sitting down with you guys, like a board meeting, right? It doesn't have to be like, I need this answer right now. It's like, hey, I'm open. Show me signs. Show me signals. Um, I will say when I was first starting off doing readings professionally, I, <laughs> I for some reason, made this unconscious decision that it had to be kind of hard. So I would communicate with them and I'd get all riddles or things, um, you know, the opposite. So I'd be like, it's a blue wall with peach, um, peaches on it. And they'd be like, no, it's a peach wall with like blue on it. I'm like, okay, come on guys. (laughs) Or like when someone was going on vacation, I'd get a camel and I'm like, what? Like this, this makes life so hard. And then finally I was talking to another medium and she was like, why do you do that? And I was like, okay, it is me that's doing it. And so now I sit down and I say, I want you all to come together as one clear voice that I can interpret with ease instead of, uh, you know, having 10 hundred different people trying to grab my attention and say things. Um, I, and that's even what I do for group readings. I say like, I just want one voice. And so sometimes I'm like, I have no idea who this is. And it might be multiple of you. But like, this is the clear message, right? So I think, I think however you're going to design your communication technique is going to be beautiful. And just keep in mind that it's ever changing. So I just want to pause because what you just said in summary is everything, which is I get to decide how this is going to go. And what you said is I realized I was making it hard for myself. That's a massive, massive realization. When you realize you are the one constructing everything, even in the imaginative realm. So the listeners get to decide, you get to decide for yourself, how is this going to go? So if you feel like it's hard, decide it's going to be something else. And for you, it sounds like that was an easy transition. It was an awareness that happened and boom, it wasn't a struggle. How am I going to make it easier? How long is it going to take? It just happened. Yeah, it was becoming, it was like taking a step back and seeing the bigger picture, right? I was seeing this big picture, but then I was like, oh, wait, it's even bigger. And I know that I'll keep taking steps back and keep seeing indefinitely, right? Because think about how big our universe is. I will say that it was from that chronic, I'm a student mentality. Like I love taking classes. Don't get me wrong. I will always be a lifelong learner, but it was, this is the teacher. I'm the student. What they say goes, and this is how I implement it into my life. And it was, it it was just one day I was like, how many classes am I going to take? How many different ways am I going to try until I finally just do what's working for me? Like it, instead of being like, oh, that happens sometimes, but now I'm going to do this list thing or what they said. I was like, oh, wait, no, I, I'm special. Everyone's special. I'm perfect. Everyone is perfect. This is what works for me. And I think it was waking up one morning and hearing, you're perfect, my darling. And I was like, oh, I am perfect. <laughs> and then it was having my daughter and realizing, because a lot of people will be like, you know, don't strive to be perfect. Don't strive for perfection. Those are two totally different words. 
wake, having my daughter and being like, she is absolutely perfect, right? And I know that if she can be perfect, I too am perfect. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Perfectionism is something that happens for a lot of people that I talk to and that sense of needing it to be perfect or right is a struggle for sure. Absolutely. Cause it's this idea that you have any control and, Oh, I'm going to control this to the point where it's perfect. And then I'm going to be disappointed because not like it's not, well, maybe just surrender the idea of control. What does laughter and smiling do for you in terms of opening your connection to intuition? Oh, I think it's everything, right? I think the way our bodies are when we're trying to do something says everything about how we're doing it. Um, And that was actually a part of why I disconnected. I remember being in second grade and my teacher saying, she has the biggest smile I've ever seen, right? Or she said something to my mom where I was like, I do have an amazing smile. And then I remember being in fourth grade and my teacher told me, you smile too much. Yeah, it was a very traumatic experience. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, she was like, you smile too much, you talk too much. Think of dead puppies. It was it was so messed up. Said, Think of dead puppies? Yeah, she said, come up here, <laughs> sit in this chair. It was so messed up. It was drama class. She said, sit in this chair. You're not allowed to smile. And let's see how long you can go without smiling. And I, I failed automatically, right? There was goofballs in my class. I was one of those goofballs. And she kept saying, and then she told me that. And I was like, that is the, like, as a small child, I was like, what? But I guess this is what I have to do. Like, how do I get past this experience? And, you know, that I looking back, I can see how that was the snowball effect. But now I can proudly say that I have refound my smile. I've refound checking in with my body to see how it works or feels. Um, you know, even when it comes to learning, are you gripping onto your pen too tight? Are you clenching every muscle in your body? Or are you being there and letting it flow through you? which I guess would also imply the typing. It doesn't just have to be a pen. (laughs) Right. Okay. So tune in intuitively to listeners that are not future listeners are actually spiritually connected at the current moment, but eventually they will listen to the audio. Give me one statement that resonates really highly with you about intuition. You got this. That's, I remember when a teacher said that to me and I was like, I do, I do, I got this. And that, that I think changed everything. You know, you, you, it doesn't, I like to make things as simple as possible. And I think that's it. You got this. I think that's what I'm going to call the title of this episode. You got this. Ooh, I like that. Tell people where they can find you. Where are you? Where are you located in the uh, ether? (laughs) So I am in Northbrook, Illinois. I host classes and retreats. Um, So those are, for the most part, in the Midwest. But someday they will be 
you know, all around the world. <laughs> um, and for my work, for my readings, and some classes I do online. So it's all virtual so that I can connect currently with anyone around the world. Awesome. Any last words before we uh, wrap it up here? Uh, just that I hope you all awaken to who you truly are. Full stop. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you. <laughs>